0: So today I've got kind of part two uh, of a series. I'll link to the part one below. I'll link to that. But brands, in my opinion, that have done their customers dirty or done their customers wrong or not lived up to their ethics and things. And part one had, I think, 25 different brands. And part two is seven seven to 20. There's number seven to 20 are all in the same category. So first I'm going to start with Crave Beauty. Uh, they were... Uh, Among the last brands to test their sunscreen, the Shield, for its SPF efficacy. After, for several weeks, they kind of said, don't worry, keep using it, it's good. Finally did their own testing, and they took a long time to do it. And and after they got their test results, which obviously showed it wasn't SPF 50 as they marketed it, sold it as, etc., Uh, It didn't live up to its claims. However, what really irritated me more about anything more than anything else is they never announced the actual test of it. I think that is super shady. Although I'm sure what they did was trying to prevent a lawsuit. Maybe that maybe that their beat shield came up as SPF 10. Well, and they're sold in the US pretty, pretty through their own website. They were much more open to liability than other brands based out of other countries like Korea such as Purito, Claire's, Keep Cool, Brown Lab, uh, et cetera. So I think the reason they didn't announce it because they're afraid they're going to get sued. And you know what? You have some kind of responsibility when you're making a sunscreen. It's a drug. It's not a topical skincare product. It's not a serum. It is manufactured and sold as a drug in the U.S. because it actually prevents disease such as skin cancer. So customers, in my opinion, they have a right to know the test. I would rather somebody sue them because they didn't tell us than... Uh, than them suing because their sunscreen had like zero SPF in it. I mean who knows? That could have been the case. So um additionally Crave's founder has had her share of scandals relating to her personal life, the church she belongs to. Um, I will link to a Reddit thread below discussing a lot of that controversy. Um, so that brand is um I just I you know what if you're making a sunscreen you have responsibility to test it before you market and sell it to people, especially people using it that might have a history of skin cancer, a personal history, or a familial history with it. So that is the thing that just irritates the heck out of me. I mean, I know everything's about money in the long run for all these brands, they're all out to make money, but you still have responsibility to do the right thing. And I just don't think they did the right thing here at all, at all, they were so far off, it was just ridiculous. So I don't know, I'm really good at ticking brands off, aren't I, (laughs) anyway. Uh, Number two, I kind of mentioned this in part one, but I have a different reason to mention part two, and that is the brand Keep Cool. They are another brand that sunscreen failed the SPF test miserably. But if that wasn't bad enough, the way Keep Cool reacted to it was just terrible, unapologetic. They're going on the attack. They're attacking influencers. They're attacking people and talking about their sunscreen. And they went on the attack instead of being humbled by it and apologetic and what can I do to make it right? They just said, you know what, we're going to sue you. Don't talk about us. Hey, we're going to sue you. Don't talk about us. Uh, How do you handle it like that as a professional brand? And it's interesting. I don't see them mentioned very often. I I still see their new releases occasionally. I will never buy a thing from them ever again. Uh, I don't trust them. Uh, And even at the end of it, when they realized they screwed up, when they screwed up uh, kind of harassing influencers and YouTubers and things... Even their acknowledgement of that screw up was still on the attack. Somebody said something wrong. Somebody said something, somebody said a lie. Maybe they might have lied. I'm not exactly sure what the whole thing with it was, but just apologize. You They did screw up. Even if somebody might have exaggerated the results or lied about it, they still screwed up big time. So their apology was terrible. You don't get a second chance to make a second apology or first apology or. What's this scene? You don't get a second chance to make a first impression, which I guess has nothing to do with that. But anyway, you don't get a second chance to make a second terrible apology. Or you do, but you just screw it up and then nobody ever wants to try your stuff again. Okay, next up, Neutrogena, not Neutrogena, Johnson and Johnson, which through they own Neutrogena. Neutrogena was mentioned in part one. Now I'm discussing Johnson and Johnson. They have been selling talcum powder for more than a hundred years, one of their bigger sellers. and they have, there have been apparently tens of thousands of lawsuits filed by women who have developed ovarian cancer after regular use of talcum powder. I would not use talcum powder at this point if you can help it uh, because the talcum powder apparently has some asbestos in it, which is very dangerous for your health. And Johnson Johnson had been aware of it for a long time of all these mounting lawsuits. And you know what they did about it? They kept selling it. They didn't do anything. Um, and they, they argued... Uh, a handful of talcum powder companies put warning labels on their products. But Johnson & Johnson, having the most popular selling talcum powder of all of them, uh, argued that a label would be confusing to people. And people probably wouldn't buy it as much. So they didn't do that. And and there are some scientific studies I've shown that there is an increased risk of ovarian cancer with talcum powder use. Um, and other studies have been inconclusive. So it's up to Johnson & Johnson, a giant, what are they, billion? Can't remember, are they a billion-dollar company? Sure, they are. Sure, yeah. A billion-dollar company can't do some some studies on it. before they don't, to. they don't want They don't want to know. That's the thing. <laughs> they don't want to know. Um, so the company previously set aside $4 billion to cover these lawsuits. Um, and they're still fighting it. The, the U.S. Department of Just, uh, Justice launched an investigation in 2019. Uh And to determine if Johnson & Johnson purposely misled the public about asbestos, fibers, and talcum powder. And uh, it'll take probably years to resolve. Um, Let's see. Then tests from different labs found asbestos in the Johnson & Johnson talc from 1971 to the early 2000s. And the company failed to report these findings to the U.S. FDA. Um, Not a big fan of them. They, They had a morselator on the market that they used for a while for hysterectomies and... That led to a lot of uh, bad things to women too. So I, I think Johnson & Johnson should take, especially women, women probably are the majority purchaser of their brand, take some some initiative to do the right thing. But instead, I guess it was cheaper for them. Isn't that crazy? It's cheaper for them to set $4 billion, $4 billion aside for these lawsuits than to take it off the market. That just shows how much money they're making off of it. And they really probably don't care. So. I have little to no faith in that company will do the right thing ever. Especially since my mom was one of the people that had the morselator. And yeah, she's not here anymore. So thanks, assholes. Anyway, okay. (laughs) I would get really fired up and go on a tangent, but I'll just do a different video. So, okay, next up, NARS. What happened with NARS? NARS, they used to be the huge, like the superior, ultimate choice for cruelty-free makeup. Uh, in 2017, about five years ago, they decided they didn't want to be cruelty-free anymore. So they expanded themselves into the Chinese mainland market because there's a lot of people there. There's a lot of money there. And uh, at one point, NARS said they don't support animal testing in any form. However, uh, now they're saying they, uh, they allow passive animal testing in the name of law enforcement. So, the deal with China is, if you sell a product in China and mainland in stores, your, your product can be picked up and tested on animals at any given point, if there's a customer reaction or anything like that. If you don't sell mainland China, and you sell just in the U.S., we don't have those laws for makeup and things. So, NARS chose money over morals and ethics. It's so rare, in my opinion. It seems like in 2022 and the 2020s, more brands are going from not being cruelty-free to being cruelty-free, and instead, NARS is going from being cruelty-free to being cruel. Cruelies. Cruel. Cruelty. Uh, it's disgusting. I guess I I wasn't in tune as much as what happened with NARS, uh, especially since I'm not as into, like, makeup and things as I used to be. So I wasn't as in tune to what was going on with NARS. But um, basically, since it, I think probably when I started vlogging, they were cruelty-free until now, they're not. Uh, it's sad when companies choose money money over morals but it happens and uh not totally uncommon i guess first day beauty is kind of spiraling in that same direction so okay next up timeless you know what they're actually a brand i frequently recommend i still recommend them to this day for their vitamin c serum which i do recommend because of the price the formula they have um, and how they make fresh batches the thing is i'm really disappointed with them for not fixing the stupid leaking bottle issue If you order a bottle of Timeless, I love the fact that they went from a dropper bottle to an airless bottle. I love that. That is awesome. But the bottle leaks and they have to know about it because it's been going on for at least a year now. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people that probably pick a non-leaky dropper bottle over a leaky airless jar or airless bottle any day um and it makes it impossible to travel with and it's wasteful as well as messy and you're gonna spill everywhere so and it literally makes it so you cannot you can't travel with this vitamin c serum because by the time you get back it'll all be all over everywhere and that's not fun so um to be honest i kind of thought of more more of this brand i thought they would have fixed it for sure by now but they have to be aware of it and the fact that they haven't taken any steps to change it is a little bit it's pretty disappointing actually it's not just a little disappointing it's Very disappointing. Uh, Another brand, Inky List. Actually, when they first came out, I was kind of a fan, and they still have some decent products, but most of their decent products are their older products. Uh, The sad thing is, the List, they really went on a different path with their brand. Um, Their brand really is more of a quick-to-market, trend-based brand now. Um, I believe they stated that they can have a product released from conception, to actually being on the market in two months, which is really yeah. quick. Um, and you know what? Trend following, it's not necessarily a great thing. It'll make them probably a lot of money, but it's not necessarily a great thing. Trends aren't always great. I mean, there's now trend on TikTok. Everyone's, everyone on TikTok is telling everyone to use calamine lotion as their primer, which is like mind-blowing that someone would cover their face with calamine lotion as a primer. That's why trends aren't always the best thing. Trends can be wrong and bad and... Um, I just wish they focused on marketing, research, research and development instead of just focusing on here's a trend, here's our product, let's sell it today. I'm also a little bit leery of their marketing of their retinol. Uh, well, when the retinol first came out, they are talking about how strong it was and how it wasn't irritating, but then we come to find out it's Retistar Retinol, which is very, very weak retinol, which is nothing wrong with it if you're sensitive skin, but they shouldn't have marketed it as a retinol, really. They should have marketed it a little differently. And I feel like they're targeting some of their retinol and anti-aging products to teenagers, which is unforgivable. Especially in this time where teens are already vulnerable, especially with everything going on, social media, things like that. I think making teens paranoid of how they are aging at 18 or 17 or 15 is obnoxious, ridiculous, and morally wrong. And then last but not least, most celebrity brands. There are a few of them that are decent, like Fenty. There's Passion there. There's some good products the Kardashian products, any of them, I, how many are there? I don't know, but I don't need any of them, so, Kardashians, that's a pass, the Scarlett Johansson brand, you know what, the formulas look fragrance-free, which I like, but I'm just getting tired of every celebrity, Jennifer Lopez, Hailey Bieber now, Paris Hilton has a skincare brand, like, that blew my mind, I guess, I guess I shouldn't be surprised of them cashing in on it, but, does anybody get excited to buy anything from Paris Hilton? Does she need more money? I don't know. Cameraman is excited. About it. Madonna, Goop by Gwyneth Paltrow, Cindy Crawford, Christy Brinkley, Kesha, Mills Bobby Brown, Lady Gaga, Victoria Beckham, Nikki Reed, Jacqueline Hill, Lo Bosworth, which I don't know, but apparently she's a celebrity. Um, you know what? There's a few celebrity-inspired brands that are nice, like Josie Maran. They have a lot of good stuff. Core Organics. They have a... a one or two nice things. But overall, most of these brands are just not very inspired by a celebrity. It's more just to cash in on the marketplace. And to be honest, I don't necessarily think we need just more like uh, unresearched, uninspired, trendy brands. I'd rather have brands that are longstanding that have done a good job. Uh, Geek and Gorgeous, Face Theory. I can't think of any other ones at the top of my head. Isn't Tree stradia things like that but we don't need i mean in these celebrity brands the price is ridiculous probably because how much i wonder how much does a celebrity get a cut of um you have the celebrities with slot machines i noticed when we're in vegas last time blake sheldon had slot machines and i'm like why would you put your name on a slot machine but how much do they get they get like 20 percent of the payouts on it or the money that's put in it so i don't know it's like put your name on a slot machine oh that's right i was gonna do that no bs beauty (laughs) if you hit uh three vitamin c serums in a row you win a vitamin c serum or something i don't know (laughs) that'd be fun but i just think cashing in i sometimes people spending their money on the slot machines are addicted to it they're vulnerable I just don't necessarily think it's a good thing. I mean, whatever, gamble, whatever, I don't care. Nobody but wants to play the no Beauty. Nobody, that's too. it, that's it. <laughs> if I were Blake Shelton, maybe I'd sell it. But anyway, I guess there's just so much money in having your name out there. But at a certain point, how much money can you amass at the cost of what? At the cost of your integrity? Although some of these people have no integrity. Paris Hilton, Bobby Brown, I don't know. Gwyneth Paltrow, I, I just don't see many, any, any integrity anyway. So I guess there's nothing to lose, right? so anyway those are my uh part two of brands that have done customers wrong interesting hearing from you guys what brands i haven't mentioned gosh now i think i probably mentioned 25 7 what is what's 25 plus 7 32 plus about 10 more celebrity brands so i probably probably insulted 50 brands or so so maybe i will be a part three because i haven't done enough yet <laughs> i can at least come up with 30 more <laughs> give me give me some time so anyway anyway okay leave a comment love hearing from you guys and stay tuned for more tomorrow thanks so much bye guys